good morning from Charleston, South Carolina. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, February 24th. Here are election 2020 updates from today's show. Bernie Sanders has seized a commanding position in the Democratic presidential race, building a diverse coalition that's driving his liberal movement toward the cusp of taking over the party. The senator's ascendancy, though years in the making, is forcing a sudden reckoning in the Democratic hierarchy as centrist politicians and their wealthy benefactors grapple with the upheaval brought by an electorate not only hungry to defeat President Trump, but also clamoring for radical change. Following Sanders' resounding victory in the Nevada caucuses on Saturday, and with polls showing him on the rise not just in South Carolina, but across several of the 14 states that vote on Super Tuesday, Democrats are entering a season of open warfare over whether Sanders is equipped to beat Trump in what will be a brutal general election. The Sanders insurgency is the culmination of grievances that have simmered for the past decade among liberals who say Washington has all but ignored the problems of income inequality, health care access, and climate change. On the campaign trail, there's an unusual intensity to Sanders' performances, reminiscent of the energy that built around Trump on the right during his 2016 rise. Sanders has emerged as a movement candidate. His rallies coast to coast draw tens of thousands of people who wait for hours to see him. Sanders' emphatic win in the Silver State illustrated his potential to expand his coalition far beyond the ceiling of 25% or 30% that many party establishment figures and commentators had assumed he had. In Nevada, for example, he won 29% of whites, 51% of Hispanics, and 27% of blacks. He won a staggering 65% of caucus goers under 30 years old, and he carried every other age group except for those over 65, which Joe Biden won. The race for the nomination is still just getting started and remains fluid. Half a dozen contenders are still running. No one shows any sign of dropping out. But Sanders has momentum, and it's unclear who, if anyone, can stop him at this point, especially after Mike Bloomberg's bad debate performance last week. The next primary is this Saturday here in South Carolina, where the latest polls show Biden narrowly leading. He's in the mid-20s with Sanders running close behind. The Super Tuesday contests are the following Tuesday, March 3rd, a week from tomorrow. They may be decisive. Voters in California and Texas, among other places, will decide about one-third of the nearly 4,000 pledged delegates that will be awarded this year. Some other candidates have stepped up their attacks on Sanders in urgent hopes of blunting his rise and preventing him from essentially locking in the nomination next week. Pete Buttigieg, who finished third behind Sanders and Biden in Nevada, has been the most aggressive, warning that Sanders as the party's standard bearer would be disastrous for down-ballot Democrats in November. He's on the air here with commercials attacking Sanders over Medicare for All. Last night in Denver, Elizabeth Warren ripped Sanders for not wanting to get rid of the Senate filibuster, and then she added that she's not a socialist like Bernie is. Amy Klobuchar has changed up her stump speech. In Fargo, North Dakota yesterday afternoon, she said that Bernie would cost Democrats the House. Now, Sanders is bracing for an even harsher assault to come tomorrow night when he faces his Democratic rivals at a debate in Charleston that will air on CBS. Some Democratic leaders are sounding the alarm about the party's viability with Sanders atop the ticket, and these various Democratic candidates are hoping to capitalize on those fears. The latest to join the chorus is House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, the number three in Democratic leadership and an ally of Nancy Pelosi. 
He went on two Sunday shows, ABC's This Week and NBC's Meet the Press, to warn that Sanders could jeopardize the party's House majority. He told the local paper here that Sanders would be as bad for the party's electoral hopes as George McGovern was in 1972 when he lost in a landslide to Richard Nixon. Clyburn, it should be said, is widely expected to endorse Biden at an event on Wednesday morning. For the proudly liberal and activist wing of the Democratic Party, though, Sanders' ascent is being welcomed as a potentially historic development. Robert Reich, the liberal former labor secretary and a professor of public policy at Cal Berkeley, said this moment can be traced directly back to the 2008 financial crisis, which he called a galvanizing event that led to the surge in anti-establishment fervor that led to Bernie Sanders. Reich says this isn't like McGovern in 1972 because back then, almost 50 years ago now, America's middle class was still growing. What you see now, he explained, is a middle class responding to not having a real raise in 40 years. Randy Weingarten, the president of the American Federation of Teachers Union, compares the disruptive mood of Democratic voters right now to the right-wing Tea Party movement in 2010. Weingarten's union has not endorsed a candidate, but last week approved its members to support Sanders, Warren, or Biden. She says teachers feel a sense that things are broken, and they like Sanders because he'll shake things up. Sanders is trying to counter the assumption of many of the establishment that he's too liberal to win the general election. At a rally on Sunday afternoon in Houston, before an enthusiastic crowd of more than 6,000, Sanders read aloud the results of a few recent polls that show him defeating the president in head-to-head matchups nationally, as well as in such states as Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. If you want to hear full episodes, find The Daily 202 every weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts. 